Welcome to Building the Future. I'm your host, Kevin Horick. You can check out the radio version of the show every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on WDJY 99.1 in Atlanta. We also air on a podcasting network in Los Angeles called the 405 Media. There's a TV version of the show that airs on KMVT 15 in Silicon Valley at 8 p.m. Pacific on Tuesday nights. Both versions of the show air in other states. For these show times plus past episodes, please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check them out at electricmantra.com. Join me at the 10th Annual Media Excellence Awards on January 18th in Beverly Hills, California. The attendees and I will be celebrating innovation and leadership in technology and entertainment. There are 20 award categories with 1,000 nominees. These awards honor those who are creating groundbreaking technology to better our lives and celebrate the hard work, determination, and brilliance in the leadership within the companies which create the new world we live in today. I will be recording nominees and winners at the awards. For tickets and more information, go to MediaXAwards.com. Welcome back to the show. Today we have Alexia Buckley. She's the Design Operations Director and UX Designer at Mind or Minsight. Alexia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, Hello. I'm, yeah, I'm excited to have you on the show. You have quite a diverse background um, and you've done some really cool stuff. But maybe before we kind of get into what you're up to now, let's get to know you a little bit better and start off with where you grew up. Okay. I uh, was born and raised in Paris in France. Okay. Um, and uh, I did all my studies there, so basically I'm a totally French uh, girl. <laughs> sure. So, so what did you take in, in university? I um, I studied uh, psychology. Okay. Uh, at first, I wanted to be a clinical psychologist, as everybody knows, to help people. Sure. Uh, but then I discovered that I could mix my two passions, um, psychology and emerging technologies. So I uh, did a master degree in cognitive psychology, and now I'm a UX designer uh, working uh, on those technology, and I'm so uh, so happy. <laughs> sure. So, what kind of got you passionate about technology at an early age? Uh, my father loved um, Apple. Oh, okay. uh, Macintosh by the time. <laughs> sure, sure. So uh, we had, uh, you know, uh, iBook, iMac and everything <laughs> uh, in the 90s. And I loved computers uh, at first and then video games uh, emerged. So I was like on Nintendo, PlayStation. I liked all those technologies. And then uh, I, I realized that it was really the, the future, you know, sure. and that I could be part of it. <laughs> no, I think that's that's awesome. So you, you graduate um, university. Walk me and the listener kind of through your career up until what you guys are doing now in Insight. Okay. At first, I did an internship at Ubisoft and then worked there okay. uh, to work mainly on Just Dance, Just Dance games. Okay. Um, and some uh, cool Kinect feature on uh, Ghost Recon uh, Future Soldier. Okay. And it was really cool because I, I was there by um, when uh, the Kinect uh, uh, was released and when the Wii U was released. So it was new interaction, you know, with the touch for the Wii U and the uh, not synchronized uh, gameplay. Sure. Uh, so it was really interesting and Kinect 2 with all the the movement uh, you you were able to interact with just your body and it was really new. Okay. 
so I work on this. Uh, then I worked uh, in a company called Neolan. It was a for a marketing software. Uh, after Ubisoft, I wanted something totally different. I wanted to taste something else and see if uh, if I liked it. It was a great experience uh, because uh, we also were um, acquired by uh, Adobe. Nice. So I had the ch the chance to uh, work with uh, Adobe colleagues, and it was awesome. I had the chance to go to San Francisco to attend. Um, uh, Adobe uh, experience design event. Nice. So I met really nice people, and it was really passionate. And and then a um, uh, uh, next colleague at Ubisoft uh, asked me if I was interested in robotics, okay. and I accepted a job at Aldebaran Robotics, uh, now called um, SoftBank Robotics after a Japanese acquisition. Nice. There I worked on uh, robotics, uh, humanoid robots, uh, now and Pepper. I don't know if you heard of them. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. Uh, Pepper is a big one with a tablet uh, in front of it, and sure. now it's a small one. Yep. And then it was really new interfaces because it's a robot. You you don't have a mouse. You don't have a you don't have regular um, inputs to interact with them. So it was all about the body language, the verbal communication, uh, more natural, and was really uh, interesting. Uh, I really loved that uh, experience. But robots for me are too far from now to be used by everyone. Interesting. Uh, it's really the beginning, and I was quite frustrated by the fact that I couldn't work for everyone. Okay, interesting. <laughs> in, in a sense. <laughs> And then I discovered virtual reality. Okay. And I, I was like, okay, now I want to, to test this technology. That's awesome. <laughs> and I met uh, Thomas Nigro, who is a co-founder with um, Soraya Jaber of uh, Opuscope Developing Minsight. Okay. Uh, and now I'm design operations director and UX designer there. And we're working on the virtual mixed and uh, augmented reality software. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I, if you want me to explain the difference between mixed, <laughs> virtual, yeah. and everything. Uh, that was going to be my next question to you. So yeah, that that'd be great. Okay. So virtual reality is when you're totally disconnected from the real world. You have a headset on your eyes, and um, hand controllers, and you don't know what is happening around you in the real reality. You are totally immersed in another reality. Uh, the mixed reality is with uh, currently only on Hololens by Microsoft. Right. Uh, it's to, you have the the headset uh, map your uh, reality, your uh, surrounding. Uh, it knows that a table is there, a wall is there, the floor is there, so it can integrate. Um, 3D models or uh, pictures or a lot of content, but contextually in your environment. So it's really an intelligent, uh, if I can say that, sure. uh, technology comparing to augmented reality, which is uh, more um, information on, on the reality, but not that much um, in the context. It doesn't know where, where you are. Like, for, uh, for example, uh, we... Uh, always uh, use uh, the Pokemon Go example. Sure. 
it's just a Pokemon on your camera. It doesn't know if there's a wall, if it can go behind it. The HoloLens, you can really work through uh, different um, um, uh, spaces. Sure. And it knows that if you put something behind the wall, you go behind the wall and the thing will be there. So it's really, uh, really smart. <laughs> no, that, that's really cool. So I... I... I know you guys are kind of launching Minsight kind of at the end of the year, correct? Uh, the beginning of next year. Next year. Okay. No, that's cool. So I, I don't know how much you can say or not really say about kind of what you guys are building. Um, but the, the thing that I kind of find fascinating about the whole space is it gives – it's a totally different vertical – for kind of designers and developers to play in, right? And you've done tons of stuff um, in in the space with with huge kind of games and and consoles in in the past. And I'm curious to know what's similar and different about kind of designing for this new kind of virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality space compared to just like traditional kind of console. Um, uh, liking video games really helped me because you you have the 3D things uh, that you uh, don't have uh, on your computer or your smartphone. So it it's helpful because uh, interfaces, uh, UI user interfaces in video games are uh, integrated, not always, but sometimes they are, they are integrated in the... 3D world of the video game. Sure. So we're trying to do something like this um, in Minsight, uh, just uh, so you know Minsight is really for um, creative professionals to design um, 3D experiences without any development uh, skills. Okay. So you can import, you put the headset on and you build the your uh, 3D space directly in the headset. Uh, you can import uh, 3D models, pictures, videos, sound, and then make it um, uh, put interaction uh, in with them for your visitor to discover a new world, your own world, really easily. It's uh, what you see is what you get. Uh, software. Okay. And to do that, we want to to build really um, an intuitive uh, interface for the creator to be. For, for them to to have something really easy and not just a, t a 2D um, interface, just put in a 3D world. We really want something uh, integrated and intelligent as the HoloLens um, technology. And for that, 3D uh, interfaces in video games are quite, uh, quite relevant because you can... Um, you can have really 3D interactions, you know, you you have your, for the HoloLens, your hand, and with uh, virtual reality like HTC Vive, Oculus Rift, or headset like this, or Windows Mixed Reality headsets. Um, what was I saying? <laughs> no, 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 it's, it's, it's good. I, I guess the thing is, okay, so I use your tool to build my kind of world or game, and then... Yeah what do I do with it once I have something built? Do I publish it to the web? Can I publish yes, it to consoles? Like, it. how does that work? Exactly. You publish it, uh, you publish it, and then your visitor can 
uh, it's a um, cross uh, cross platform uh, software so if you have a HTC Vive you can see it on the HoloLens and see it in, in every device in okay. every devices so you just publish it and then there's another app uh, called Minsight Viewer and then your visitor can use it to go in your uh, 3D experience okay no that's that's very cool so for for somebody that has never kind of played in the space because I, I think for the most for most people it's kind of new. I know like Google and Apple are kind of just starting to really get into it heavily, and yeah. I know like Oculus got bought by Facebook a couple of years ago, and you know obviously you mentioned like Microsoft and um, a bunch of other companies have been playing in this space for a few years, but I think it's actually starting to become like a real thing for for maybe yeah. kind of the average person and not just kind of like nerds like. Like the like you and I for for lack of yeah. a better term, um, but so I, I'm curious to know then what do people that have never really kind of done design for these new mediums what do they need to kind of know going in or is it a little bit of trial and error or, or kind of what do you what advice do you kind of give people when they're looking to start and get into this space? Uh, personally, I try to rea rely on theoretical uh, usability guidelines. Okay. For example, you have an interaction, you you must have a sign to signify the user that they can do something and a feedback to signify the user that they did something and that the machine understood it. So it, it works for every technology, but then you have all the tried and errors sure. <laughs> because nobody uses Delhi so you don't have you know the standards the ha user habits you don't really know how people will use it why we can presume but we don't know sure. it's it's so new so we clearly don't know so we have to try things uh, make user tests to um, to see if people can use it easily it's it's both you you have to to abstract you from the simple mouse uh, click and touch uh, devices but use those um, those guidelines like sign and feedback that work for everything <laughs> sure no that that makes sense and i think the interesting for me about the space is it, it very much seems like you literally need the headset you need to like literally yeah. try some stuff and then actually like render it out and try it yourself and then get like you said other people's feedback around that right because some of the vr stuff and uh that i've tried in, in kind of the past can be really good kind of really terrible and everywhere in between right and it's such a new space and and, and whatnot but i'm curious to know when i when the user loads up your guys's software is it kind of more like a, a 3D kind of space? Is it more like a Photoshop type interface, or, or what? What does the interface kind of look like? It's not like it's like Photoshop, but not. Um, how can I say that? Photoshop is quite complicated to use if sure. you have no no training. Uh, you you have to. If you want to use all the features, because sure. you know, if you just want to crop uh, some picture, you can do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. If, you probably wouldn't you want... use Photoshop, right? Yeah, yeah. So if you want to really use the software, which is so powerful, you really have to to 
to get trained to to it okay. uh, with our our um, software our goal is really for you in two minutes you can use every features wow you're you're just in the, in your own reality <laughs> as we say okay. design your own reality um, and you have a menu okay uh, dynamic because it moves it moves with you um, because you can move uh, with the hololens or HTC Vive so, um, you, need, so you need a headset to use the software. Is that yeah, correct? Okay. It's a, okay. Yeah, it's a headset first uh, software. So you really need the software because the problem with virtual reality if, is if you build uh, your experience on your computer, then you don't have a sense of scale you need to build on your computer and then put the, the cask on, the okay. headset on. Uh, oh, no, that's not the size I wanted. And then you go back to a computer with our uh, software. You, everything is uh, on the right scale, so you know really know if you put it there, it will be there with the right size you uh, you decided, and there's no surprise. It's really what you see is what you get at okay. the end. Interesting. So, obviously, you have you're, so you're wearing the headset. You're you're interacting with the software with the headset, a keyboard, yeah. and mouse as well. Is that fair to say? No. No. Uh, okay. You, interesting. For the HoloLens, it's your um, your hand with a uh, air tap gesture. Okay. Uh, there's a bunch of uh, gesture on the HoloLens with your hand. You can click on buttons with the air tap. It's uh, your um, your fingers. Uh, <laughs> it's hard without. Sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, yeah. I know. Totally. Like through audio but only, it's hard to describe this stuff. the internet, it's an issue. But there's this gesture, and with the um, virtual reality headsets, you have. And controllers uh, with touchpad, um, thumbstick, and buttons uh, trigger, so you can interact with the interface like this. And you don't have a mouse or, a, and you can see in the virtual reality, you can see your hand co controllers in virtual, so you you know where your your hands are. <laughs> no, that's cool. So, and then you're basically using your your hands. In, yeah, and the headset to like create an entire experience for somebody else. Yeah. Uh, yes, that's right. That's that's actually really cool. So, I, I'm curious. Then, is is this stuff gonna run on uh, Windows and the Mac, or just Windows kind of coming out of the gate? It will run on uh, Windows Mixed Reality headsets. Okay. You know, like Lenovo. Uh, Acer, I don't know the pronunciation in English. Yeah, of that's those fine. Yeah, brands. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> um, and so it will be available uh, on those headsets, uh, just like for the uh, HTC Vive okay. and Oculus Rift. And uh, we are already available on um, HoloLens for a private uh, beta. Sure. So we will be available on every headset. <laughs> that's our, our goal is really to make the collaboration possible because I didn't uh, speak about that. But we also will provide a feature when you can collaborate with someone with another headset in another place in the world. Okay. So you can go in the same uh, 3D experience and build it uh, together, um, make uh, some feedback uh, if, uh, if you're not working on it, but you have to, to give some feedback to the creator. You can go to, into um, the experience with, with him or her. To uh, to experience it before the release. No, that and with no. different headsets. <laughs> okay, interesting. So, 
it, it's kind of, well, this is like an oversimplification, but something similar like how Google Docs does it, where you can be in editing the same yeah, document at the same time, version. but obviously you guys are doing it in the kind of augmented reality space. Yeah, totally. That's, that's really cool. And then, so how does that kind of work then? Uh, so like, say you and I build a little game or, or, or something, um, and then we, we publish it out, we post it online, and then it's basically just like kind of promoting any other kind of experience that I've built, whether it's a game or, or, or anything like that. What what do you mean by you mean it's, if it's an advertisement? Well, uh, like I publish it out right to to the web. Yeah. And then obviously like anybody can go and, and play it and I can and, and get feedback in, in the thing. Like you mentioned yeah. kind of how they give feedback. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, there's uh, analytics. Okay. Uh, for the creator and for us to improve the software and for the creator to improve their experience. So you can have the data to to make the experience uh, even better. Oh, interesting. Okay, so you can kind of see where they've kind of stumbled in the experience? Yeah, for example, if something is not used in your experience, you can say, oh, there's a problem with that. Maybe I didn't design it um in the right way so you can change it uh, after this information okay and then how are you guys planning on kind of monetizing the platform uh i can't say a lot about that but okay. no, <laughs> there will fine. be a monthly um a pricing it's a subscription. Subscription. Yes. No, that's okay. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. So I, I'm curious then, um, are you guys, I, I know it's kind of still early on, like are you guys looking at ever publishing it out to kind of Android and iOS or is that still kind of not really in the cards just because of the hardware software limitation there? We are focusing on headset first, but okay. we are not uh, close to this idea. It's it's too early to say, but okay. it's possible. <laughs> no, that's kind of what I figured because, like, obviously the desktop is is way more powerful, right? And using a yeah. headset with that, yeah, no, that makes sense. So, I, I'm curious then. Did you guys kind of raise a bunch of money to, to fund the company or, or kind of how did you guys kind of decide to, you know, get this thing going and, and actually like fund this? Because it's obviously you've been at this for kind of months, if not longer, actually building this thing. Um, the idea emerged uh, two years ago with uh, Toma and Soraya um, Friendship. Okay. Um, and the company is one year and a half Old. I'm working there. Uh, I've been working there for a year now, and we made uh, fundraising in uh, March, okay. I think. And now we are um, talking with different VC for uh, a new uh, fundraising. Okay. No, that's that's cool. Like it, it's crazy to me, and really cool that you guys could go from kind of an idea to basically launch in, in two years, something yeah. that's so like what you guys are building is pretty complicated. Right. And yeah. um, it's <laughs> really? not, it's not an easy task, right? Like it's, and, and the, the easier it is for the user to actually use the software, the harder it is for kind of the design and development team. Is that fair to say in this case? Uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Next 
make things simple is so hard. I know, I know. <laughs> Especially in emerging technologies, so difficult. <laughs> yeah, because there's nothing to really go back and say, oh, I really like what they did here and here and here. No. Like you guys are kind of blazing the trail, right? Yeah, but that's a challenge. That's why it's so exciting. So. <laughs> sure. No, I, I think that that's great. So I'm curious then to know you guys are, are kind of about to, to launch this thing kind of early in the new year. Um, how big is kind of the team that's working on this thing? Currently, uh, we have um, three uh, developers, okay. confirmed and senior developers. Okay. One um, de intern developer. Okay. Uh, there's B, obviously. Sure. Um, yeah. An artist at uh, director. Okay. Because uh, it's nice to have a, a easy interface, but if it's ugly, you don't want to use it. Yeah, that's <laughs> so very, very true. We have yeah. a, a great colleague to to take care of the aesthetic of the software. And uh, we have uh, Toma and Soraya, CEO and CTO. Sure. And the project manager. Oh, so you so guys have a pretty small a, team to accomplish yeah. like a lot, right? In, in a yeah. short period of time. <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's interesting. So, but, but I also think that's kind of inspiring to people too, right? That you don't necessarily need this like huge team to build kind of complex software. No, we don't need a huge team, but that's true. It's a lot, especially for developers. It's uh, it's so hard to develop on those platforms because it's, it's new, so it's quite complicated. Sure. But yeah, a small team is easier because the communication is easier. And we have a really good vibe in the team, so it's really cool. No, that's great. So what languages are you guys using um, kind of on the development side um, to actually build the platform? Do you, do you know? To talk to each other uh, daily, we use French because we are all French sure. right now. Yeah. But all our documents and, you know, GitLab development uh, issues uh, to, to, to work on the project are in English. Okay. And then what programming languages are you guys using? Uh, they are using uh, Unity. I, I'm always curious because I think Unity's kind of gained a lot of popularity over the last yeah. few years. Um, I, I think at least uh, the first game I can think of that everybody's probably heard of at this point that was built with Unity is the the new like the new Mario um, run for kind of Android iOS. So like yeah. big companies are using Unity to actually put their own games cross-platform, right? And I get yeah. that you guys aren't playing in the smartphone space right now, but I think like Unity works kind of across all the different platforms and mediums and they're, they're really supporting all these different headsets and, and types, yeah. right? So, yeah, it's really cool. It's really useful for us because it's, it's used for video games, but in the virtual and mixed reality, you don't have a choice, you have to have 3D, so... We uh, company usually use Unity or Unreal Engine. Engine. Sure. So for people that um, are looking to kind of maybe get into kind of video games or, or virtual reality or augmented reality, what advice do you kind of give to them? Whether they're maybe like coming out of school or, or thinking about going to school, like what should they look for? You know, if they want a career in this kind of industry. Um, for um, for developers, I would say you know video game school. 
uh, and um, and um, engineering, uh, computer engineering. Okay. For uh, for UX design, I still think my background is really great uh, because the psychology is really helpful to design for humans. You must know humans. Sure. So psychology st studies uh, really uh, give you that. So it's great. Um, and then uh, there's, I don't think there's a lot of uh, specialized school for this because it's so new. Sure. Um, but you just have to 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 be passionate and and motivated. <laughs> sure. And then uh, if you know your your job for um, I don't know for a website, you just have to adapt and to to jump <laughs> and try and and try and and try again to then build strong skill uh, and test a lot of experiences. What is so helpful is to, I always test experiences in every devices when something is released. Uh, I, try, I try it to see how other company um, design their interfaces, how they interact with the, their product and everything. It's it's really important, even not only in the virtual reality, but for everything, I think to test as much as possible uh, experiences is really, really important. And to to communicate with the community of your um, your job. Um, I follow a lot of UX designer uh, on Twitter, for example, or uh, in Slack group. And it's really, really interesting. No, that's that's great. So I'm curious, do you know how to actually like code? Did you ever learn that? Or, or do you think that you kind of need to know how to code to be a UX kind of designer? It's a huge discussion, but for me, I don't code. Okay. And in a certain way, I want to understand developers. I talk, to a, lo I talk a, lot, a lot with developers because they develop, so I have to, to design relevant and possible uh, interfaces. Sure. So I need to understand their issues, their constraints, but I don't want to know how to code because if I do that, I will think like a developer, I won't think uh, from the user point of view. My my brain will be shaped in a development thing and I will think like a developer. And I think one of my strengths is not to know that. So for me, UX designer shouldn't know how to deeply code. You can um, prototype things and know a little bit uh, and to understand the those issues, but I don't think you should be a, a really a development professional. No, interesting, because there's so many different kind of good and bad opinions on, on the space, right? And I think, yeah. I think you need to figure out kind of your skill set and kind of what works for you and, and to your point, though, I, I think is super important is whether if you don't understand how to code, you need to work heavily with the developers to make sure that what you're designing is is buildable in, in the medium yeah. that they're building in. So I, I think that's that's really great. So but but I am a bit curious to dive in, in into kind of your design process a little bit more. Do How do you kind of start off with an idea? Do you start kind of whiteboarding do you kind of just go into a prototyping tool or or kind of how do you start off with kind of a, a brand new kind of idea or, or concept for you know something you're working on 
Uh, I will talk for uh, my current company because it depends on uh, all the companies where if it's big, if it's small, you don't do the same thing. But currently, um, I talk. first of all, I talk with uh, Soraya and Thomas to okay. know which, which which feature we want to offer to the user. Okay. And we, we, we build... Uh, I don't know how to say it in English, but you know requirements. That, okay. Right? Yeah, yeah, requirements. yeah. That makes yeah. And then my job is to uh, design this uh, functionality to integrate it in the software, to make it homogeneous, uh, relevant. So for this, I use um, mockup. Okay. Uh, um, I'm using it's surprising, but I'm using PowerPoint to mockup <laughs> because. There are a lot of um, mock-up tools which are great, but for example, if um, I use Balsamic, Balsamic is so great, but you know, for website and mobile interfaces, it's not that much um, adapted to to my current job. So I use PowerPoint because PowerPoint is really powerful. If you want, if you know how to use it, you can make a lot of effects and some little 3d <laughs> sure no you're yeah totally so for me it's the best tool and and i then i built a document uh, with um, ux requirements explaining how to interact uh, with uh, things uh, uh, what are the sound the the the, the text uh, really the a complete document um before that i Obviously, I speak with developers because, uh, as I was saying, uh, I need to build something possible. So first, I have a first idea, then I explain it to them, and we see if uh, it's working. And if they have uh, um, ideas, because I'm not the only one uh, capable of ideas, so I like also to to ask if somebody uh, what they think of it, and maybe uh, my idea will give them another idea which is better, but my job is to to frame it, to design it in the right way uh, after this uh, this brainstorm. And then uh, they code the, the, the feature. Sure. And when it's done, I follow the development to be sure uh, everything is okay because sometimes uh, you're developing and you say, oh no, I was wrong, uh, it's, it's not possible because of this, this. So you have to, to meet halfway to build sure. <laughs> Nice uh, interface, but uh, with the development uh, possibility. Um, and then I test it um, to see if everything uh, is right, if my uh, if my do my uh, design works. Because you have an uh, you have you design something, and if you don't test it, you don't really know in the, those uh, this industry what it will be like. So you need to test it and. It's rare, but sometimes you're like, oh, no, that was a wrong idea. <laughs> sure, sure. And then we totally change. So it's a lot of iteration. But it's really it's really cool. <laughs> I really like it. It's like, it sounds really difficult, but it's really nice. <laughs> no, no, that's 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 great. I, I love kind of learning about kind of how other people do things and, and kind of their process. But, but I'm curious to know, you kind of mentioned audio. Do, how much... Are you involved in actually kind of creating, um, like obviously you're you're doing kind of the design and kind of inter, um, interaction, but 
Yep. How much of that are you actually adding audio? Or is that part of your job or, or not really? Because like something as simple as like I click a button, do you control the sound or, or work with somebody to work on what it sounds like when you interact with certain elements? I, yeah, I don't create sound, but I say here we need to have sound to signify this or to feedback this. Okay. So I say we need a, a simple sound or a long sound, a short sound, a, which type of type of sound. And in big companies, you you see with the sound designer. Sure, sure. <laughs> Unfortunately, we don't have a sound designer yet. So we go on. Uh, I uh, I listen to a lot of uh, sounds in libraries. Sure. To to buy them, so I have a lot of uh, you know audio jungle and then the sound <laughs> all sure, day. Sure. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh, I never did this before, but it's nice. Okay. But I think with a sound designer, it would be better in the future. But it's it's really nice like this. Sure, and I, I guess it just kind of adds another layer of complexity when you're you're designing kind of an interface, right? Because now you have these this other layer of kind of sound effects related to what the user's interacting with. Yeah. And uh, the nice thing with uh, um, HoloLens and virtual reality is that the sound, the sound is um, specialized. Okay. I don't know if it's the right term no, in English. No, that makes sense, yeah. Okay. And uh, so if you want to, to attract the user's at attention in a, a di direction, you can use sound as well. For, for them to look uh, uh, in the right direction, for example. So the sound is really important uh, in 3D. Uh, you need to think about it, even if you are not used to it. <laughs> sure, sure. No, but I, I think that's really good advice though, right? Because I think as more and more mediums kind of become up and coming and more popular, you know, designers need to think about this stuff, right? And yeah. I think just kind of having people like yourself that that is kind of at the forefront of this stuff talking about this stuff and kind of you know what's good and bad about kind of being first in these industries it is is fascinating to me at least right because i think majority of people and majority of designers haven't really had the opportunity to play with some of the stuff that you get to play with on a daily basis yeah <laughs> so no that that makes a lot of sense but we're coming to the end of the show, so maybe let's close with mentioning where people can get more information about yourself and Minsight. Um, you, for Minsight, uh, they can go to minsight.co. Um, and about me, you can follow me on Twitter at Alexia Buclet. Or uh, on Medium, I wrote my two first article about psychology to become a UX designer and how to build a great process to integrate UX design in a startup. So it's the same Alexia Buclet uh, on Medium. So I will be uh, glad to share uh, ideas and feedback with uh, the community. <laughs> no, perfect. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to be on the show and I look forward to keeping in touch with you and have a good rest of your night. Thank you very much for the interview. It was a nice time. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Please visit the show's website at buildingthefutureshow.com. Also check us out on Facebook at Building the Future Show and follow us on Twitter at Building Show. The music for the show is done by Electric Mantra. You can check him out at electricmantra.com and keep building the future.